Hi and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 29 and in the previous 28 we've covered all manner of subjects, ISAs, pensions, redundancy, insurances, and last time was mortgages for the over 55s and that's just some of the subjects we've looked at, there are loads more and you'll find all our back catalogue of shows on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a listen to them all when it suits you, however it suits you and then if you'd be kind enough to rate and review us we'd be very grateful hit subscribe as well and that way you'll get new episodes as soon as they drop and you'll be right up to date for our library of money advice shows search personal finance with phil anderson on apple or whatever you get your podcast that's personal finance with phil anderson on apple or whatever you get your podcast i'm john ellis with me as always the star of our show it's phil anderson hi phil Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, I'm looking forward to this one because I think it addresses a very human, possibly very British compulsion where you see a for sale sign going up and you are straight on right move for a nosy whether you're in the market to buy or not. It's a true story. So investing in property, it breaks down into two key markets, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I would say that the two main types of property, you've got residential property and commercial property. So throughout this podcast, I'll, I'll cover both at times in, in this one. What I'm finding just now is with, with interest rates at record lows and more lending options starting to become available again, we're finding that many people are now currently weighing up property as an, an investment. But as I say, you've got residential property, which would be houses and flats. And then you've got commercial property, which could include offices, industrial units, shopping centres and warehouses. So covers quite a, a wide area of things. Okay, and we're going to cover the good, the bad, and the ugly as we look at both those types of property along the way. So what's the good stuff about investing in property, Phil? I'd say the, the first thing is that you've got a physical asset, and it's also an asset that you can improve as well. I mean, like some things like gold, for example, is a, a physical asset. Where property differs from gold is that you can get rental income from a property. So if, if it's rented out, you can make money from it there. But yeah, the, the fact that it's a physical asset is, is one thing. So you actually own something for your money. Historically, property has always tended to go up in value over the longer term. You, you get periods where things can be a wee bit up and down, but generally over the longer term, property tends to do quite well. I mean, just now the, the population is rising, like the, the world population is, is rising. And I, there was somebody said to me not long ago, it's like land something that they're not making anymore. So I guess <laughs> as, as the population goes up, you, you'll tend to find that the demand should still stay pretty high. I mean, house builders tend to do really well. They, they're always still looking to, to knock places up. I, I'm actually considering buying a new property myself. And I, I was looking at ones in Ellen, there's not much new properties in and around where I stay. There's a brand new development going up. I think it's a, of about 12 houses and all the most expensive ones at 500 grand each wow. are all gone. And I'm yeah. like, gee, I, that's nuts. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. It's like, where are people kind of getting all, all that money from? But I mentioned there that you property you, you can get rental income from. So if you buy a property, whether it's residential or commercial, you, you can rent that out. I mean, I, I had a look at some statistics and the average gross yield on a residential property in England at the minute is 3.6%. That's based on 
data from the Office of National Statistics. You, you also tend to find lower property values tend to offer a higher gross yield as well. But I mean, there you, you've got hopefully an increase in the capital value of the property and sort of rental income coming in. Another good thing with, with property is that it real estate is a good hedge against inflation. Property can also be financed and leveraged as well. So you, you can actually borrow money against a property. I know what a lot of people do is they, they look to do it up, get the value to go up. They'll then maybe look to remortgage that, release the, the money that they put into it, and then move on to, to the next one. So they, there's an awful lot of advantages of, of property as an asset class. All very encouraging stuff so far, but here's where the mood music switches to dun-dun-dun. Uh, what's the bad story? I, I would say one of the, the first kind of negatives is that it's what's called an illiquid asset. So if if you wanted to sell your property and release your money, um, that might take a wee bit of time. I mean, I, I know at the minute some properties can come on the market and sell really quickly. Um, and then there's other ones. My next-door neighbour's house is up for sale just now. He sadly passed away in Jeepers. It's been up for sale for about a year and a half. So they, I mean, they, they're, they didn't seem in any hurry to sell it, but I'm sure whoever's going to inherit the money from that at the minute, that's nothing happening there. So property is illiquid in that it can sometimes take a bit of time to sell. Another disadvantage could be if, if you've got a property and you've got a period where it's not let out. So again, you, you might have say, a mortgage to pay on a property, but maybe no rental income coming in. Also mentioned earlier, I mean, property values can fall as well as rise. I mean, in the short term, that can happen. You do usually tend to find in the longer term, property tends to, to go up in value, but that, that doesn't always happen. Some of the other kind of the things that I've put down for, for the bad, there's been a lot of tax changes lately. So in, in England and Wales, you, you've got a stamp duty surcharge on second homes. In Scotland, it's called, called an additional dwelling supplement. So if you buy like a property specifically to rent out, if it's not your main residence and you already own a home in Scotland, you've got an additional charge of 4%. Um, in England, that's 3%. So that kind of eats into the, the profits sort of there. Other tax changes that, that kind of happened, um, it used to be that you could... Uh, if you had a mortgage on a property, you could offset the, the mortgage interest payments so that you would pay less tax. And that was particularly good if you, you were a higher rate taxpayer, saved quite a, a bit there, but they, they've sort of made quite a bit of changes to, to that. Another thing on buy-to-let properties, you used to have, and it was a, called a 10% wear and tear allowance, that's been scrapped. And another bad thing is that you may have capital gains tax to to pay when you sell a property as well. At the moment, the capital gains tax allowance is 12,300. So if you make a gain over that, then the, there could be sort of tax to pay. So a lot to consider with property. So it's kind of good to look at the, the good points, but also just as importantly, look at the, the bad. Yeah, I'm kind of dreading the next one now, I've got to be honest. Uh, worse still, the ugly. Tell me about that. Yeah, I kind of thought, is it right? This podcast can be the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I, I would say that the ugly for me is you can get problem tenants. So if you've got a problem tenant in, they might not be paying the rent. They might damage the property. If someone defaults on rent payments, I mean, if, if you're looking to evict them, the cost for that can be quite high. It can take 
quite a bit of time as well. So that, that was one of the things that I thought could go under the, the section titled the, the Ugly. You, you've also got various costs involved with property. So you may have letting agent fees. I mentioned that you may have mortgage costs. If you have got a mortgage, I mean, some, some may be on a fixed interest rate, but on variable interest rates, things can rise as, as well as, as come down. You could potentially have repair costs, buildings insurance to pay. So there, there, there can be quite a few costs involved as well. One other thing that, that's came up lately is you, you may require a special license. So you've got what's called HMOs, which stands for Houses Under Multiple Occupancy. So if someone's got a, an HMO property, they require a, a special license for that. Again, other changes that have come in for buy-to-let properties, you now need an annual safety check there. So the, the regulations and are, are changing all the, the time, and so you've got to kind of keep up with that. Another thing on buy-to-let property is you normally need a 25% deposit if you're looking at a, a buy-to-let mortgage. Commercial properties usually tend to need even more than that. At the minute, I've got two commercial properties myself, and one of them I've got a mortgage on, and with that one, I think the maximum that the lender would do on that was 60%. Mm. So on commercial property, it, it, you sometimes need to put even more money into it. Another thing that I've put down in the, the ugly section is that interest rates can tend to be higher on commercial properties and buy-to-let loans as well. And so if you're looking at a residential mortgage, the interest rates will be keener than, than what they are on, a, on an investment property. It does seem to be that over, over the course of time, all these little things that would have helped you be an owner of a, a residential property or a commercial property, all the little helpful elements are sort of being squeezed. And I guess that makes it attractive is, as you say, over time, the cost of the property tends to, to rise and rise and rise. Yeah. If it ever changes, then it might not be worthwhile doing. I know. I, I sympathise with the government because they, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because... They want people, they, they're keen to encourage home ownership. And for first-time buyers, it's a lot harder to get on the property ladder because property prices have gone up a hell of a lot and people's wages haven't gone up at the same sort of pace. So pe people struggle with getting the deposits to put down. So what, what the government have tried to do is make things like buy-to-let properties less attractive. But... But you'll find, I mean, there's a lot, lots of different ways to, to invest in property. That, that's one of the things we haven't really covered so much. And, and that'll probably be a good sort of follow-up podcast to do is like how you can invest in, in property. But it is that there's a lot of factors to, to weigh up and a lot of things to, to take into account. But there has been an awful lot of tax changes, regulation changes coming in. I mean, at the minute, like commercial property, going, going back to that, You've got, I mean, commercial property can be offices, industrial units, shopping centres. Now, at, at the minute, I mean, shops, or a lot of shops have been closed. I know during the pandemic, people have been doing a lot more shopping online. So for me, I think, yeah, there, there might be opportunities where property, commercial property might come on the market and the demand might be an awful lot less. Just now, I'm, I'm just in the process of buying an office up in Caithness and we got a, a really good price. And the, the reason for that is probably the fact that a lot of your high street could be decimated with, with everything that's been going on. People are doing an awful lot more online. So it's important to kind of, if you're investing in property and buying a, 
an actual property yourself, and making sure it's the, the right kind of place. Another way that you can invest in property is you, you get funds that invest in that. And basically what, what you're doing is spreading the risk because you've got a lot of different investors all in this pooled investment. So that that probably be a good podcast for, for one for the future and in ways that you can invest in property. Just going back to what you were saying about about commercial property and, and the high street, you know, saying that it's probably a good time to get in there. I, I suppose it's a good time to get in there so long as what you're doing doesn't depend on the high street necessarily coming back or not. It is. I mean, like, it'll be interesting. Where, where I am, I, I really need a bigger office for, for my work. And I kind of, I've got a couple of ideas at the moment, I think, right? We can either have another office and have two in the same town, or we could move everything to a larger office. For me, the, the office that we're in at the moment, I own that one myself personally. So I, I think, right, would I be able to get that rented out? And it's like, yeah, I'm sure somebody would would kind of take it. Um, so I think there'd be enough demand. But I do think a lot of towns and cities are going to see an awful lot of empty commercial property over the next year or two. The demand for houses should remain quite high. I mean, we, we're finding at the moment through, through my work, I mean, I, I've got a business, a financial advice business, and part of that is we do mortgages. And in the, the early part of this year, we, we've been seeing an awful lot of mortgage inquiries coming in. So the demand for property, for, for residential property, certainly in the area that I'm based, is, is still going well. One of the things that may impact on that would be things like they, they've got like stamp duty holidays at the moment. And as we record this podcast, we haven't heard if that's going to be extended at all. If it does, that would be a good shot in the arm for the property market. But there's always a lot to, to weigh up and, and take into account when you are looking at investing property. So I guess when you weigh it all up, it, it's back to almost how risk averse you are again. Um, what's the snapshot of our things to remember, those key takeaways, Phil? I, I would say the key takeaways from today is investing in property can be a really good investment, especially over the medium to long term. I mean, the, the UK currently faces a mismatch between the supply of rental homes and demand from potential tenants, uh, and that's expected to continue like to put upward pressure on rents in the, the coming years. And so I, I do, I, I like property as an investment. I'm always a great believer in diversifying. So, I mean, you get some people that all they do is invest in property, mm-hmm. but I am a great believer in, in spreading like risk over different areas, but you do tend to find over a longer period, property is an investment that, that generally tends to do very well. That's another thing we, I think we said at one point, I don't think we've done it, but I think we said at one point, we're going to do a podcast. You were talking about diversifying. We're going to do a podcast from Bitcoin. <laughs> I, mean, I wonder. I wonder about alternative investments. There's a podcast in that, isn't there? Probably. I know. And that's it. Like, we, I think one of the alternative investments would be good. I mean, I, I've had somebody recently contact me about investing in whiskey and Bitcoin yeah. is always quite popular. That, that's something. I'll be honest. It's not something that I know an awful lot about, but certainly something that that I would look into further myself. I know just from, from my own experience, things like that can be a bit more risk attached. And yeah. pe- people love the big returns, but they don't really want the risks that can sometimes go hand in hand with, with that. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, in Bitcoin, I think I heard this week that, that Tesla, so Elon, uh, Elon Musk dropped a whole wadge of cash yeah. Uh, into into Bitcoin because well basically it was sloshing about and he thought why not um, so he it's, can afford 
he yeah. can afford to lose it, can he? Yeah. Whereas the average man in the street often cannot afford to lose what they've got. So exactly. that's one of the big differences there. Exactly. Okay, each week so far as we've covered various topics, Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects that we've been discussing. Property investment. You've already said you, you've got a few properties in the go. Phil, what have you got on that as a story? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, like I, I've got property myself, fortunate to be in a position where, where I have got that. I think we mentioned in a, a podcast previously that in days gone by, folk would take out the 125% mortgages, yeah. buy their place for them to stay in and use the 25% as a, a deposit and a bank to let. And unfortunately, that, that days are long gone. But if, if someone is looking to invest in property, I am a great advocate of it. As I say, I've got property myself. Um, I do, do also sort of say that I I'm, I'm like to have a diversified mix of assets properties, shares, cash. I think everything's important. And, and for me, I suppose my, my biggest investment is probably my, my business. Yeah, I, I like property as an investment. And there are good points and bad points. And things have changed. I mean, I, I think the traditional way of investing in, in kind of like buy-to-lets has changed quite a lot because of all the, the tax changes. But yeah, I, I like property as an asset class. And I think longer term, it's one that should continue to, to do well. And Phil, we always do this bit as well. You find inspiration, I know, through various people that you admire, and you do love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on property investment? Yeah, the quote of the week this week is from someone called Robert G. Allen, and it's, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. <laughs> Which is exactly what you were saying earlier on. It's over a long term, medium to long term, it's it's always going to go up pretty much. Now, Phil is uh, really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's uh, contact details coming up in just a second. I'll give it to you after these. Now, our first question today comes from Lee in Pennycook. She's uh, moving home soon, selling up and heading north to live with her dad to look after him. She's wondering if, given his frailty, she should be looking at any specific insurance policy. So I, from that, I, I guess what she's saying is dad is, you know, maybe a bit prone to sort of banging into things at this age. And should she do anything about her insurance policies? Yeah, I think it, it's good to review what you've already got in place and what he's maybe got in place. Um, and then I, I would say maybe depending on his age and health, it's maybe also worth considering something like a funeral plan. Um, I know we've had a, a previous podcast on, on that. One of the major benefits of, of them is that it can fix the price of a funeral, but also means less hassle when somebody passes away as well. But de definitely worth having a review of, of all your different kind of policies just to see what you've got, what's covered, what's not. So I, I would say definitely speak to, to someone about that or, or certainly have a review of them. Uh, next up, Peter in Dundee. He's looking to set up his own business for the first time. He's in a small warehouse, which would suit his needs for storing his electrical stock. He wants to know what additional expenditure he should budget for, as this is his first time with a commercial property. So what should he look out for, Phil, that might otherwise surprise him? Uh, I suppose you've got the cost. So I, if you're renting it or a commercial mortgage, you've, you've got the cost of either either that, so that's something you, you probably wouldn't have had before. The, the one thing that I would check for is to see if that property, if there's any business rates to pay. So you can go on to the, there's a website, www.saa.gov.uk. So that's the, the Scottish assessor's website. Um, I'm, I'm just assuming because he's in Dundee, it's a, a Scottish property. But if you go on there, 
that'll show you can put in the address of the property that'll show you the rate of bulk value and then you can see if there's business rates to to pay and i i remember looking at a property where i stay and the thing that put me off it i, I was going to buy it a lot bigger property than, than my business is in at the moment but the business rates were going to be about two grand a month mm. and i kind of thought i was like where we are just now we don't have business rates and i thought that's a lot of money to be paying out for it's like, what do you get for that? It's just a, a tax at the end of the day. So I know for me, that, that was the main thing that put me off kind of moving our business property in, in the past. So I definitely check that out because that could be a, an unexpected cost that comes up. Do you seem to remember relatively recently, there were, there were all sorts of stories about astronomical rises in, uh, in business rates across Scotland, weren't they? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they want to try and get the high street moving again, It'll be interesting to see what they do because, like, at the minute, all these online companies that are trading, they, they are not paying kind of any sort of business rates. So it'll be interesting to see if, if at some point they do anything with that to try and encourage the high street to get moving again. But at the moment, I mean, in, in Scotland, you've got, I think, if the rateable value is over, eh, or sorry, under 15,000, you don't pay any business rates at all. I think that's the, the current threshold. So there are some reliefs in place, but yeah, it was, I, I remember, I mean, a lot of these rateable values are based on values of property from like a long time ago in the past, and then they reassess them and they put it up and then people's rates go up. So but I, I've actually seen it that some companies will knock a building down because the rates are so high, they think, oh, we'll just demolish it. And it's <laughs> a crazy situation, is it? It's just, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. It's what, what you were saying earlier on as well about, you know, it might be a good time to invest in, in property in the high street because a lot of these uh, places probably, you know, w- won't come back necessarily. And there, there are a lot of these units as well, which won't come back because they've been purchased. The the, the businesses have been purchased by the likes of Boohoo or uh, ASOS, and they're only going to deal purely online. So those businesses yeah. are, are going to be moving out of those premises and they'll all be coming up for, uh, well, for sale or, or for let, yeah. I guess. I would just say as well, before we get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far and we may have touched on what you are interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. If you feel that you need a helping hand with anything that we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show. Search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Uh, Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question that he can answer on a future show? His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that is what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please subscribe on Apple or whatever you get your podcast. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time and thanks for listening. Thanks very much, John.